Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me again today. I really appreciate your presence and the time you take to join me every single day. I really, really appreciate your presence and time and it's, it's amazing that you come back. So these conversations are here to trigger a conversation, to heal from the inside, whatever your point of view, whether you're angry, whether you're not angry, whether you're your 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 right, your left, your green, your your black, your whatever angle you come from, every junction in life is an intellectual laboratory. It has to be um, opened up. It has to be healed. The, uh, we have to get out the knowledge from that junction. Understand the currents that form the waves. Atwa, all that lies in between. Hindutva, the currents, the water that surrounds us, the Indian subcontinent, and um, and the water that makes up this planet because we are all made up of water and we work in cycles, cycles of frequencies and cycles. And, and, and we work in these cycles are the currents that form our waves. And so Hindutva means understanding the layers and the layers and the layers of knowledge that live inside us in our DNA, packaged in time, um, and, and we have to undo these these blocks, undo this data, and understand and heal. And that's the that's the most important part of this conversation to heal, my friends. Um, and so yesterday we talked about something very important: uh, the Seattle-based um, Seattle City Council, who voted uh, cast discrimination law. Um, the Seattle Council is made up mostly of Democrats, but there is one person there, and her name is. Uh, Kashma Savant. She is an Indo-American. She is the only socialist on that panel. Um, and she was the one who bought this case. Now, who is Kashma Savant, the councilwoman behind Seattle's caste law? She grew up in Mumbai. Okay. Um, the first such, the C Seattle City Council law against discrimination based on caste, the first such law passed by city in the United States was written and piloted by the councilwoman uh, Kashma Sawant, the only Indian American member on the council. The city council voted six to one to pass the ordinance, which um, Sawant said was intended to stop the invisible and unaddressed form of discrimination. Oh my goodness gracious me. Caste discrimination who grew up in India is is faced by South Asian Americans and some immigrants working people and some immigrant working people in their workplace, including the tech sector in Seattle and cities around the country. So says her bio on the city council website, she identifies herself as an activist who brings passion for the social justice to her work as a public servant and is committed to her voice for workers, youth, oppressed and the voiceless. Oh my God, every time you need a job, someone else is voiceless. Why don't you give them, why don't you empower them with a voice instead of keeping you in instead of speaking for them because it's not about speaking for the voices it's about power my friends fake power according to a bio Savant only accepts the average workers wage and donates the rest of a six-figure salary to the building to building social justice movements so you're building social justice movements really but you don't want to 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 help the economics of the land you're just building the movements what is the use of the movements if you don't put your work on the ground uh Savant is a socialist by an ideological persuasion um 
she's always worked uh, conscious to she's always conscious to the extreme poverty and inequality surrounding her while growing up in india and she's a member of the socialist alternative in the solidarity with the committee for workers international which organizes for working class interests on the continent um she served on the city, Seattle City Council for 2014 and is the first and only member of the social alternative to have been elected to public office. Social, socialist alternatives describe itself as a Marxist organization, Marxist flat earth, okay, that's my word, sorry, that fights for every pro reform possible, uh, for, but recognizes that the capitalism is by very nature and must produce inequality uh, by in sorry, by its very nature, must reduce inequality, racism, and sexism. So it's capitalism that's causing racism. It's capitalism that's causing inequality. It's capitalism that's causing sexism. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's go on. Uh, and I'm reading from the Indian Express, okay? So on its website, the social alternative lists its goal as mass unionization. They want to unionize everyone for power. A new political party for working people, raising the federal minimum wage to 15 an hour, free high quality healthcare for all and fully funded by public education. Can you see this nonsense where it's going? So like everything, our childhood shapes us our personality what are we influenced by okay so very conveniently Savant was born in pune in 1973 grew up and studied and worked in mumbai until 1996 according to various media profiles of the councilwoman her mother was a teacher of history and geography who retired as a school principal her father, a civil engineer, was killed by a drunk driver when she was 13. So she went to trauma, my friend. All The moment you go to trauma, that's it. You, you live in that cycle of trauma. You don't get out of it. And when you do, you blame the other side for your problems. That is the long and short of the story. Point the fingers at others to justify my transgressions. Um, Said a profile. So her father was killed by a drunk driver when she was 13. Said a profile of Savant, published in the Los Angeles Times after she made history by winning the Seattle City Council seat in November 2013. A profile of Savant, published by Al Jazeera in 2013, said she grew up observing the consequences of the caste system and abject poverty through though she was part of the middle class family from a brahmin caste so al jazeera the islamic jihadi supporting um another supremacist group okay believing in only we are the truth the way the life and all the coffers are the problem for everything very conveniently puts it up as oh the consequences of the caste system someone from the outside world who doesn't like anyone talking about their their own deficiencies and calls everyone islamophobic now has no problem justifying their rhetoric their negative rhetoric against someone else um, and talking about the about other communities when they when the three fingers are pointing back to them they they can talk about everyone else under the guise of the teflon coating of international media but the moment someone says anything about them it's islamophobia isn't that great my dear friends or is it another way of saying well kufar 
In the interview with the Seattle Times in 2013, Savan said, coming from India, what was striking is that you expect that it's the wealthiest country in history of humanity, where there shouldn't be poverty, there should, shouldn't be any homelessness, but when I came here to the US, I found it exactly the opposite. She's a computer engineer and an e economist, wow, Salman studied computer science and graduated from the University of Mumbai uh, in 1994. After working as a software engineer for a year and a half, she accompanied her then-husband Vivek Savant, an engineer from, with Microsoft, to the U.S. Uh, she studied economics, obtained a Ph.D. from North Carolina State University in 2003, moved to Seattle in 2006, and joined the Socialist Alternative the same year. According to a city council bio, she became... Uh, she began teaching at Seattle Central Community Un uh, College, Seattle University, and City and University of Washington, Tacoma. In 2012, she ran as a socialist alternative candidate for Washington State Legislator and won 29% of the vote. We ran against the Democratic House Speaker, Frank Chop, who, um, with two Ps, she got 29% of the vote, then that represents over 20,000 people who voted for us. Uh, as the Occupy Wall Street movement in September 2011 spread to the Zuccotti Park in New York City, to cities all over the U.S., Salmon became one of the main organizers of the protest in Seattle. The Occupy protesters were able to temporarily push police out of a protest zone in the West Lane Park, West Lake Park. Salmon spoke enthusiastically to the Los Angeles Times about demonstrations called uh, demonstration called the night of 500 tents where she camped along the hundreds of other activists in West Park Lake only to have her camping gear confiscated during a police sweep she told the paper that the protest was a roaring success her city council bio says she carried the Occupy momentum to her campaign for the council where she boldly ran on a platform of fighting for 15 dollars in our minimum wage rent control and taxing the super rich to fund mass transit and education ultimately defeated a 16 year old 16 year incumbent democrat to become the first socialist elected um in a mayor city, U.S. city in decades. Salmon's campaign for re-election in 2019 pitted her against Amazon, the biggest private employer in Seattle, which pumped an enormous 1.5 million into election through business interest groups that spent almost half a million dollars to back Salmon's opponent. After voters delivered a rebook to the big corporate, Salmon declared a victory from a podium in front of a bright orange banner, which the word tax Amazon in giant print. The Washington Post, which is owned by Bezos, reported the election results are a reputation of billionaire class, corporate real estate establishment servant, said in a press conference. This is the hypocrisy of 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 this this woman and her kind. Now let's go back to understand the currents that form her waves. Savant grows up, um, Kashma Savant grows up in what is socialist India. Okay, the dominant um, the dominant um, 
ideology in in so-called independent India. Okay, we're really not independent because the colonial empires are still running their roost, the back though, and the colonial hangover was very evident, and we see it all over the place. They left this country high and dry. So after a two thousand years of colonialism, refugees coming from all over the Abrahamic world, from uh, from North Asia, from Central Asia, invaders coming, they left this land high and dry. So by 1947, the poverty over here was not because of caste and class, because we took in refugees from all over the planet. She was the richest uh, Indian um the Indian or the Hindustan or Bharat, the land, was the richest land in, in all of that part of the world. Um, and and she that's why the invaders came to control her, to invade her, to take her, to do business with her, and finally occupy her and take her money and wealth, which in 1947, there was nothing left. So already in 1947, there was not much left, okay? And and I'm not blaming, I'm not saying everything is their problem. It was our fault too. We, we, we fought like cats and dogs, this tribe against that tribe, this group against that group. So fighting, infighting led us to ally with outside groups. Those outside groups finally take over on the inside and then finally become the colonizers, whether it's uh, the ha the Huns from Central Asia, the Persians, the um, Arabs, uh, the Mughals, the Delhi Sultanate, the Mughals, you have the Portuguese, the French, the Dutch. Why did they come here? I mean, no one comes here now. Why are they coming here? Because India was rich. So when there's rich, everyone wants to come, take swindle away the money and to corruption of our own people on the inside, including the Nawabs and the Maharajas, in their feudal mindset, um, and the big feudal landowners, uh, zamindars as they call it, a system invented by uh, by the Islamic invaders. So the zamindari system in, uh, where feudal lords of all kinds and backgrounds owned the land and kept indentured slave labor uh, of the locals on the ground. That is what led us to abject poverty. In 1947, uh, we then supposedly gained independence through partition. Okay, We blamed the partition on the British. British, but the partition was our fault. It was actually um, uh, a cold war between socialist Indian National Congress and the free market economy of of Jinnah. Okay, it was it was camouflage under the Teflon coating of Hindu versus Muslim, and all the British were the ones who divided us, which is absolutely wrong. It was socialism, the suffocating socialism, and uh, the Marxism of the Indian National Congress to subjugate everyone to their supremacy, and then only they, because they were educated under the British system, which was uh, which they considered different and and egalitarian, which was absolutely not. Um, and because they spoke, spoke high-fly English, um, Yes, they were the ones who got in there. They were the ones who pushed everyone away. They pushed Jinnah away. Jinnah then leads a, calls a genocide and he Teflon quotes, it says Hindu versus Muslims. We break up. But in reality, Jinnah was a free market economy. He knew that the socialist system was not going to work, even though we needed a dowse of socialist ideas to bring the um, to the high, high wealth earning landlords within the state, within uh, and, and and give away their lands and, and 
sort of distribute their land to local people on the ground who were poor because of the abject poverty by these landlords and these feudal uh, a feudal system that had predominated the Indian uh, subcontinent for a very long time. So the, the free market economy and the socialist system was the one that broke the Indian subcontinent. We became a socialist mentality where only the, the elite of India, that means the ruling class of India, became the license Raj. So from the British Raj, we went to the license Raj. The license Raj where it means you had to give bakshish to all these social um, socialists, these Marxists who pretended to be holier than thou, who pretended to know everything, who pretended that their job Justice is egalitarian and their rhetoric is egalitarian. We're on the ground. They get, they took us from 333 million in 1947. They took us to 1.4 billion as we are today. This is the effect of, uh, of a, an inequality, of socialism. From 333 million to 1.4 billion, no one does that, okay? except India and China. How do you get, expect any system to, to bring about equality when you, when you have the same, the same uh, amount of pie in your plate, but you've got 1.4 billion mouths to feed and, and to provide services to from 333 million? Guess who did that? The socialist idea of I am the truth, the way, the life. The government will look after you. doesn't matter. You just bring children in the world. Give us the votes and bring children in the world. And we will scream, Garibi Hatao. But you will, um, we, we will look after you. We will look after you. Don't worry. We will took, uh, look after you. We'll give you a socialist knowledge. We will erase what we don't like. We will um, whitewash all the crimes upon humanity that we are doing. We will whitewash anything that those who ally with us are, are, um, are doing. But we will paint a negative picture of all those who do not ally with us. And we will give you everything. We are the egalitarian. But look. 1.4 billion, that is what we went bank, almost bankrupt for in 1991. This socialist Marxist government who pretended to be the giver of all good, who pretended to be an egalitarian society, was actually the one that took us back gang bankrupt. Okay, And from there, we slowly got out of this socialist mentality and I am the truth, the way, the life and I have to submit to the same warlords who took us to this, this, this garbage bin of bankruptcy um, and, and we've moved away. Now that we've moved away, they, they've, they've resorted to not taking their um, not taking their end of the bargain, but they've resorted to taking, oh, well, uh, we we are um, BJP, saffron, bucked, anti-bucked, underbucked, intolerant, um, fascist, uh, you know, patriarchy, all sort of name-calling they resort to because they cannot take their responsibility in order to create equal opportunity. They cannot understand that we are cyclic that you cannot, uh, it's our currents that form the ways we have to offload. You cannot have one single group um, controlling the emotions of the whole land 
you cannot be the soul of India, like the Indian National Congress pretends to be, I'm the, we are the soul, and that socialism is a big failure because you have to create investment. You have to create money, uh, uh, revenue. You have to generate revenue. You cannot, you have to create employment. You cannot just take money from one and give it to the other. The generation of employment will over time invest, will be used to invest in human resources, invest in um invest in, in capital, in uh, um, infrastructure, uh, but it takes time. And if you invest in taking your country from 1.3, from 333 billion to 1.4 billion in 75 years, this is what is going to happen. But this is what the socialist government wanted. And she grew up in this system. And she, but she's saying that this is caste. Well, nothing has to do with caste. I mean, we, I, we never even, I grew up in India, I've never even heard anyone discriminating against someone on caste. We have never heard anyone discriminating against anyone on Dalit. When you discriminate, you're discriminating because you're a fool, because you are, uh, you are traumatized and you're transferring the trauma to someone else. And you'll only meet people who are traumatized. So after 5,000 years of feudalism, feudalism, then invasion after invasion, the, the stealing of our money, of, of uh, our wealth, then after of the genocides that we've gone through, the hypocrisy of the socialist movement. And, and understanding that... Uh, socialism has got us to this point, not caste, but we've been fed with caste because um, the socialists needed the vote. So they allied with those who had money on the ground, which was the last two colonial invaders, the Christian groups and the Islamic groups. They allied with them, so they've sung their tune and made their dirty laundry, this Christian dirty laundry, uh, got from, from the Portuguese as Hindu. They've conveniently transferred all their negativity to Hindus. And Hindus become caste. And anytime something is discriminated, oh, it must be caste. Anything, something happens, oh, it must be Dalit. Everything is caste and Dalit, but it has nothing to do with caste and Dalit. If you went to Bombay, I remember when I left in, in the 19... I think it was 1990s. Uh, uh, India was not even one billion at that point. If I'm not mistaken... Uh, Mumbai was around um, 11, 10 or 11 million now, it's about 20 million. Is caste the result of that? Do you think in any scope of life that you can you can take care of 20 million people uh, and there's not going to be any discrimination? People are not going to fight for food. People are not going to fight for water. People are not going to fight for this, uh, for, for, for resources. People are not going to be angry. Well, you've got 1.4 billion people. How are you going to do that? I mean, by giving me rhetoric, it's not going to help. Rhetoric does not help anywhere. I can come out with a rhetoric, a, a perception of your mind, but you cannot invent the wheel because we are currents and waves. There will only be, um, there will only be currents and waves all our lives. If you do not understand the currents and waves, it has to be continuous movement. We are not stagnant. We are not flattered. There will always be up and down, but you have to give them that knowledge of the metaphysical, how it works, and you do not clean up the garbage, you do not take your responsibility, you're not going to tell me that you're going to go to the other side of the world and scream, uh, caste is discrimination, you've, you've seen abject poverty. Abject poverty was caused by the socialist system. And she wants to take the social system, which is, which is now she 
she she she um, talks about as egalitarian as solidarity as egalitarian um, and she wants to implement it there but she pretends that she is uh, all about social justice how can you fight for social justice when you do not want to take your responsibility how can you fight for social justice when in in the 1940s the the approximate um, population of the world was three point, was four billion people and and in um, right now as we stand it's eight billion people so eight billion people versus one point uh, versus four billion that's a double increase and that comes from all these third world countries or as i like to say countries that were made third world by invaders and feudal systems um and now um and now we've become who never innovated, who always pretended to believe in something. And when you believe in something, you never just you you never innovate. You 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 take off the social mechanics of of the society, which keep people in place, which keep the cycle in place of of uh, evolution. And you put it with I believe in something, and say oh don't worry, it's egalitarian. You just have to believe it's egalitarian. You're never going to get out of your 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 poverty you feed them rhetoric that is poor that oh we are unjust the people are unjust you you're poor when you feed them with this rhetoric of poor they are going to be poor they're going to manifest what they tell themselves but if you tell someone that you're a cycle you have to take your responsibility and you create equal opportunity and and um Absolutely, you're going to uh, you're going to have uh, you automatically going to to change. You're automatically going to evolve. You're going to take that responsibility, and and she's gone there to the United States. First and foremost, she should say thank you, instead of trying to show that everyone's bad. She should say thank you. We've never heard. I've never heard. I mean, I don't know who this person is, but we've never heard that she says thank you to anyone. She only talks about the negativity because she comes from trauma. Her traumatized childhood, where she lost her her father, is the one that created the pro the thing that created the problem. Okay, the thing that created the problem. Uh, and now she's gone to another country, and instead of saying thank you, she goes there and says, I'm going to change America. Well, no one has changed America in 400 years. No one has changed the planet in 400 years. It's just become a planet of Abrahamic refugees. And from that Abrahamic mindset, where well, I am the truth, the way, the life, believe in me and God will take care of everything, without any evolution, this you get the socialism which actually originates in christian europe christian europe changed their mindset from feudalism it became to socialism marxism communism and all the isms they put together every time they want to show uh, give you a perception of their mind they invent a word they put an ism at the end of it and say oh we were egalitarian we're going to change the world we want to replace your uh equal world but the world is not at an equal footing because we are currents and waves it's our currents that form the waves there's no wave that is that is equal strength or equal timing to the other wave because we're waves all across the planet our subconscious is our frequencies that works in cycles of currents and waves that's our subconscious and everything in life is a manifestation of that subconscious so if you give yourself negativity and say that you are you're fighting for injustice you'll be fighting for injustice all your life because the currents and the waves never stop 
And, and now she's gone to America and she's trying to tell them, well, you know, yes, of course, uh, I'm fighting for injustice. What she doesn't understand is every America gives you all the chances to, to be who you want to be. Okay, you can go as an abject poverty poor person, you can come out a winner. Now, Jeff Bezos, who she fought against, uh, Jeff Bezos is um, is the owner of Amazon. And this guy was not born rich. Um, who, well, the other guy from Tesla, what's his name? Um, Elon Musk, he was not born rich. He lived in a one in a room with his cousin. He is one of the richest people in the world. Jeff Bezos was not born rich. He he was he is one of the richest because America, the system gives you the ability to work and and on your own merit, and that merit can be converted into power. But if you do not want to convert that merit into power, you do not want to work hard, you will always be uh, with this negative vocabulary of poverty because you don't have, you're manifesting what you're telling yourselves. If you manifest a, a, a positive attitude, if you manifest working hard, you can change yourself and you can take your own responsibility and convert the negative into positive and you can rise up the, the ranks. But these are the same people who are giving the jobs, who are removing the inequality. Jeff Bezos and his company, you have Elon Musk and his company, all the tech giants and his company and their companies. They're giving, they're creating, inventing, uh, improving new systems and giving uh, power and giving jobs and high paying jobs to everyone. And this one has to come out and say, oh no, it's all about billionaires. But who made those billionaires? America gave them the chance. America is giving you the chance. Why are you being negative and instead of converting the negativity, negativity into power? Now, look at um, Jacques Villeneuve. He is a, a Formula One racing driver. He lost his father at 11. Okay, He lost his father at 11. Um, he went on to become the world champion himself. He doesn't cry. This one cries about fighting for the voiceless. Why are people voiceless? Because you're giving them a, man, a, a vocabulary that is meant for voiceless people to keep people subjugated, to keep people dependent on you, and you rise up to power where you will take other people's money and give it to them and say, look, I am the Robin Hood of the modern world. So she basically wants to be a Robin Hood. Instead of saying thank you to America, now imagine her children. She will, this cycle, she will produce children who will, who, whose currents are formed, are based on the currents of her, of her, their parents, who've only done nothing but be negative and 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 pretend that the and pretend that everyone else is the problem. So she had problems in in India. She's gone to America now. She has problems in America. Everywhere she goes, she has problems. Who is the who is the root of that problem? Her manifestation of her ignorance. But once you start a cycle, you start a foundation. Your children are going to continue in that same cycle. You're, you're, you're driving the currents. The waves are going to be formed. And 300 years later, when your descendants keep fighting and fighting and fighting and come to an end, they cannot change anything. Because the problems started with the first generation who laid their foot on American soil. And unfortunately, this is what she's doing. This is what these people are doing. And now she's come up with caste. Because she has to show that she's fighting for some um, injustice because she didn't was not successful in bringing a law that 
that laid a tax on big billionaires who rose from, from, from middle-class life like herself and made it to the top by sheer hard work. She doesn't want to do that. She wants to start social justice movements and bring down everyone and sort of take everyone up to the party. She wants to bring everyone from the party down because some people just do, are, are permanently depressed. So she wants to give that depression to everyone. And, and then she has a problem. And then she says, oh, well, the white people are the problem. Uh, Jeff Bezos is the problem. The caste is the problem. Why are you always seeing problems everywhere when the problem with the three fingers pointing back at you? And so she's brought about this caste discrimination law because she has to, she has to show that she's doing something to fight for, in, for injustice. What she doesn't say is that caste is vocabulary given to her by the Roman Catholics who allied, who invaded the land who allied with the socialist Marxist Indian National Congress, the same Congress who took the country into bankruptcy and uh, almost bankruptcy. And now she's talking and now she's taking that little word and that injustice and abject poverty, which has nothing to do with, with Hind or Hindustan. She's taken it to America and pretended to be uh, fighting for justice. And this, my dear friend, is the lady behind the, the, the tag, the Seattle law that was passed by the, uh, by the Seattle Council, the bulk of them being Democrats and she being the socialist alternative. Um, this, is what, uh, this is what unfortunately is the problem. So remember something, when you go to another country, you first have to say thank you. You have to offload your baggage. You have to offload your trauma. You have to offload your negativity. You have to make every single junction into an intellectual laboratory. Take your responsibility. You create equal opportunity. You heal. And never get into politics if you are an immigrant or an emigrant in another country or another city because it takes you two generations for you to, to undo the baggage and to heal. And once you heal, you will lay the foundations for new generation people uh, of descendants and a better country. Uh, fighting against others is not a way of life. Healing is the most important. Healing and removing the violence from and anxiety from your soul. So I thank you very much for your time. I hope this gave you an insight. I, I hope that you will bring about your own opinion on this and take it uh, to another level and, and heal yourself. So on that note, I wish you a great weekend and uh, stay safe, my friends.